I am way beyond a fanatic. I'm God-possessed. Get it straight. There ain't a demon on the planet that likes Mark Barclay anymore. If that's you, clap and shout one. Say, I am God-possessed. You better get ready. Did you bring a Bible? What a tremendous day to be a Christian, and I hope you are one, and if not, ask the Lord to come live in you right now. Call us, and we'll tell you what to do next. And you can change your eternity and your destiny forever. Please do it. Plus, you'll never be sorry that you walked with God and beat all this darkness, all this evil, and be able to live a good life while you're on this planet. Right now, we're in a series called Breaking Soul Ties. I'll hold it up for you in case you want to get it. I recommend that everybody everywhere has this series and listens to it over and again. Why? Because soul ties seem to be one of the number one things that the enemy uses. You get a wrong tied soul to another, it's disastrous. Plus, in this series, we're teaching on how does a human stop from vexing his own soul. Most people live with a vexed soul. They kind of do it to themselves. There's a way out of that. I teach it in the series. And so I'll teach it here some on the telecast. I want, I, I want you to get it all. That's why I'm here. Pray for us, will you? If you can send a letter, a testimony. We love testimonies. Send some financial seed. You don't have to, but when you do, it's a great blessing. Get your Bible and get some notes and get ready we're going to study the Bible, and it's going to be awesome on Soul Ties. And no matter what my circumstances say, today I'm a believer. Therefore, I'm a receiver. And I do believe that I will receive absolutely everything that God has for me today. In Jesus, name, In Jesus' name, I want to hear a war cry. Shout once. Let me hear you. Yes. If that don't scare the devil, he's dumber than we think he is. He, he probably is anyhow. Hey, give a good hand clap. See this camera right over here? Give a good hand clap for everyone joining us right now by television. Do it. Come on. Thank God for every one of you. Glory be to God. We're so glad for you. Thank you for being part of the kingdom of God and part of our lives. We love you. Amen. If you brought a Bible, please turn it with me over to, um, I want you to go to the book of uh, 2 Peter chapter 2. Do that. 2 Peter chapter 2. Oh, I caught you off guard. 2 Peter chapter 2. Okay, I feel better about you. Remember what I told you, there's only one thing worse than a boring preacher. Hard to say it, isn't it? A boring congregation. So if you yawn during my messages, I'm used to it. But if I yawn while I preach, that means that's a sign to you to pick up the pace. You're boring me. Second Peter chapter 2, verse 7. We're teaching a series on how to break soul ties, but you can't break them if you don't know what they are. Okay? This will be our third time together. Man, did we say a mouthful this morning. Wow. 
Here we go. And he delivered just Lot, verse 7, look at this, vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked. Now, in 2011, if you use the word conversation, you think of verbally speaking. But the word normally, almost always, the word conversation in your New Testament is talking about conduct or what you and I would call in, the, in, New, in uh, 2011, we would call it lifestyle. So this man right here, as we said in the first session, as we rehearsed a little bit this morning in the second session, we're reading it again now. This man, Lot, he, if, if you study it in other verses, uh, look at verse 8. For that, for that righteous man, it's talking about Lot, that righteous man dwelling among them. Who's them? The unrighteous, the people with wrong lifestyles. In seeing and hearing them, vexed, cursed, oppressed, discouraged, his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. The modern preacher calls a guy like me a controller, legalistic, Old Testament, teaching the law, condemning you for wrong living. They are idiots. We're not trying to bind you to anything but the liberty in Jesus Christ of Nazareth and get you delivered and get the junk out of your life and get you not to hate sinners. Sinners aren't your enemy, darling. They're your target. But you're not supposed to be one of them. I want you to say this with me. I must stop stop preaching the world to the world to to win the world. world. It's failing. The church is preaching worldly stuff. Down talking, down dressing, turning the church into nightclubs. All with the idea that if we preach the world to the world, if we do what the world likes, maybe we'll attract the world. But what do you, so then what? You're worldly, you dress worldly, you talk worldly, you pierce worldly, you tap worldly, you spit, you sip. Why do you want to attract sinners? What are you going to do once you get them? Hide all that stuff you did to bring them here? Dr. Summerall, he's now in heaven. He had a really cool phrase. He said, whatever trumpets you blow to get them, you better keep blowing on the same trumpet to keep them. No, we're preaching the gospel. The good news of healing and deliverance, separation from sin, amen, bondages broken, habits broken, vices broken, so you can live without the pain and the ugliness. Look at that verse again. This righteous man, Lot, by listening, I better, I better just read it again. I don't know. I don't think some of you followed me. So here we go again, 2 Peter 2, and, uh, and he delivered just Lot. He vexed, he was vexed with a fil- with the filthy lifestyle of the wicked people. Verse 8, for that righteous man dwelling among them in seeing, seeing, watching, and hearing. Oh, you ought to listen. You ought to pay attention to what you're listening to. He vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. A righteous man. 
Wow. Well, we can go on about that. Lot did recover. It wasn't a pretty sight. He lost two daughters in the judgment. He lost two son-in-laws with the judgment. He, did, he lost his wife in the judgment. Oh, oh, by the way, just to correct some of the modern preachers that don't read their Bible anymore, let, not that all modern preachers are that way. Let me help you something. Uh, Sodom and Gomorrah was not Satan's judgment. It was God's. Amen. Fire and brimstone did not fly out of hell and judge those people. Fire and brimstone fell from heaven at the direction of the loving almighty God that said, I will not tolerate that right there to mock me or the righteous any longer. Wow. Sodom and Gomorrah. The two daughters that Lot did get out, they were virgins. They got him drunk. Let me ask you a question. Pause a minute. Uh, I have a question for you. Are you going to go home and your kids are going to get you drunk tonight? Well, how could a righteous man let two teenage daughters, after just losing two daughters, two sons-in-laws, and a wife, I'd say this is a pretty traumatic day, wouldn't you? And to see the whole cities destroyed, and you don't look back, you just keep on marching until it's done sizzling. And, uh, and, And your two teenage daughters or young daughters, or virgin, whatever age they were, they talk you into drinking, and you drink too much, and you get drunk, so they can sleep with you? That was their motive. There's nobody left. We must replenish the earth. We have no man. All the humans just died. And so, if we don't sleep with our dad and become impregnated by him, how would we have a man? How would we go on? And, that, and the Bible says that was their motive. Now, does that not strike you as weird? Wild. Someone said sick. But you see, I'm telling you, Lot didn't vex his righteous soul because in the beginning he did any of that stuff. He just ran around with those who did. And then by, remember what we just read? By him seeing what he saw and hearing what they told him, it, it tore down the pillars of his heart and he cursed himself with a horrible oppression until he loses his family in the judgment and he falls for this trick with his two virgin daughters. You got to be joking me. Where did he learn to get drunk like this? Where did his virgin daughters learn this from? Where did this wicked, evil, incest thought come from? Hmm. Preaching pretty good right now. I want you to turn to 1 Timothy chapter 4. This morning I told you that I'm going to start out now uh, talking about how you can get delivered from yourself. You are a spirit. You live in a body, but you have a soul. Your soul is your volition, your willpower. It's your choices. It's your flavors. It's your emotions. If you have a hurt feeling, it isn't your spirit that's hurt. It's your soul. You don't have to get your spirit saved. It's been born of the spirit of God. Well, then why does the Bible say, Brother Barclay, to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling? Because you're trying to save your soul. Someone said, are we trying to be Christians? Not if you are one. I'm not trying to be born again. I am born again. 
I'm not trying to be spirit-filled. I am spirit-filled. Well, then what are we trying to do? Be followers of Jesus Christ. And man, does that seem for some to be easier said than done. We're trying to follow his ways. Did you find it yet? First Timothy chapter 4, verse 11. These things command and teach. Let no man despise thy youth. But be thou an example of the believers in word. There's that conversation again. It doesn't mean your mouth. It means your lifestyle, your conduct. In charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. And it goes on to talk about meditation, neglect, how you should take heed to yourself, etc. Now, I want to bring something. I don't want to just teach on that whole passage. But I want to use that passage to bring out a truth. You have to get your soul under your control. Hurt feelings are nothing more than a violation of personal pride. If you are sold out to Jesus Christian, you're all done with hurt feelings. To those, I'll, quote, I'll quote the Bible to you. To those that do love their God, to those that do love his word, I'm paraphrasing a little bit because you have different versions here. It says, they love this word and nothing by any means, any, nothing by any means, not an action, not words, not a human should offend them. Amen. Dead men don't have feelings. If you're alive to yourself, old soulful one, then this could be all about you. You know, some people think church is all about them. They think life is all about them. That's why many times, you know, we see young people get married and a year or two years later, they're having a struggle because somehow they got married. And I don't know why up here, it was all about them. So this wasn't a young preacher surrounded by a bunch of older people. And the apostle was saying, now, don't you let anybody not receive from you because you're young. This wasn't a word to the church that he pastored at Ephesus. This is a word to him. Don't you let anybody else cause your soul to despise you, put you down, belittle you, limit you. Oh, we could spend, we could spend all night on this if you want to, but I don't want to go psychological on you, you know, because most of the church now is psychological. And most of the teaching is, is uh, philosophical. And we're just going to stick with the Bible. But the, but the truth is, man, if you got runaway feelings, if you wear your feelings on your shoulders, if this is all about you, if your marriage is all about you, if the church is all about you, your friendships, as long as your friends do what you want, you want their this great friends. But if they confront you, they're dirty dogs. And, be, and see, if this is all about you, then uh, the, it's not going to work. And your own heart, the Paul said, your own heart will condemn you. Paul is trying to tell this young preacher, you got to get your soul in line, boy. You just be an example. You do what the book says. You do the conduct that's required of you. And you, and you let people follow your example. But don't you sit around and, and despise your soul and get hooked to your own soul and let your soul talk to you things that are not biblically right. 
The old saying, you know, well, you can talk to yourself, but if you answer, you're in trouble. Well, then we're all, we've had it. Because <laughs> there ain't a person in here that hasn't talked to himself, herself, and answered. You look so pretty and pious and wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It could be before we get real deep into this series of connecting to other people. Maybe it's your own soul that's talking to you and muttering, regurgitating stuff bubbling up in you that's limiting you. So growing up, my soul became my number one enemy. And I began to tell myself, you are poor, you are no good, you will never amount to anything. And it is shocking when you start talking this crud to yourself, how much Satan works with your brain to set up circumstances and situations to prove that what you're thinking is right. I outran every person on my ball team, football team. Yeah, they could nail me, man, and knock me down, and I'd die for I put two knees on the ground. But one day, without the coach knowing it, I heard him say, we're going to run so-and-so as the halfback. And the other guy said, well, you need to run Barkley. He's proven himself. He's a good young ball player, and he's fast. He's afraid of nobody. The worst he's going to get is a penalty because he goes for helmets and he'll poke eyeballs out, but we can deal with that. <laughs> That's what demon-possessed kids do. And I heard the coach say this from his little office. Not a chance. His family's poor, and we've got to take care of the rich kids because they pay for the school. So you see, when you, it doesn't matter now, then, when you... When your soul is the one that's got you tied in a knot, Satan will set up things to make sure that that's fed. You'll never amount to anything. You'll never do anything. What's the use of trying? See, being blockaded again. I'm, they admit I'm better than the others, but I'm not going to get to play. I did get to play. But, uh, you know, I'm just saying. So that that matches that soul thing and it ties you up, man. You got a big knot. It could take years. You ever try to, you ever get a really tight knot in a shoestring or a piece of string or a shoelace or something and then it, you pull it tight and then it gets wet and man, you can, you, it takes a while, especially if it's like, you know, buckskin or something or leather and it starts to dry and man, you got yourself a knot, man. It is, you don't just say, I think I'll take it out. Like pull the string of a bow. Woo, free from that. It's work. It takes a long time and a lot of deep effort. But it's worth it to be free. Hmm? If you grow up, these young people, you grow up, you're a little overweight, and you start dealing with yourself and hating yourself, and friends around you start calling you fat and ugly and chubby and all the weird names that cruelty presents, you're, you, you'll start to, your, your soul will bind you. Your own soul will begin to say, well, they're right, I am ugly. I, 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 and then your soul will say, you're not only ugly, you're stupid. So, all right, so I'm stupid and ugly. 
and, I, and nobody, I'll never have a, a beautiful man or a pretty girl, all these skinny, you know, physical fit people, but I'll never be happy. And so if anybody comes my way, I should cling on to them, even if their motives are wrong, someone to hold me, someone to hug me, and just go with that because no one else is going to have me because I'm fat and I'm ugly and everyone tells me I am and I think they're right. Oh, they're not your problem. You're despising yourself because you're heavy. It's as deadly as despising yourself because you're young or despising yourself because you're old or too short or too tall or anything else that would cause your soul to be a limiting force in your life and talk to you and stop you from being the success that God Almighty wants you to be in life. Can you say amen? amen? So you must you must work at getting yourself delivered from yourself. If you let your soul despise you, you'll be limited all your life. I have another question for you. What is it about you and me that we have a need for acceptance? Pride, someone said. Did this come from the creation of God in Eden? Excuse me, if you, if, you're not, if you don't believe the Bible, did this come from a microscopic turning into a tadpole, polywog, an ape, your grandma, and then you? Is this, uh, huh? Where'd this come from? The fall of man, maybe? I don't, I'm not a woman, so I don't really know if this is true. But I've heard, uh, I think I've even heard Vicki say it, that most women don't dress for men. They dress with other women on their mind and what, how they'll be accepted and what they think about it. <laughs> Someone the other day said, uh, Brother Barclay, does Vicki know you wore that tie with that suit? I said, no, I never asked her. She said, well, maybe you should. I said, you don't like my tie? She goes, well, honestly, no. I said, well, I, not to offend you, but I never thought about you when I put it on. <laughs> Let's see, did I email you, call you? Oh, I know. I'm going to run into sister so-and-so, and it's really important to me that she approves of my tie selection. So rather than have her confront me, I'll take a picture, you know, with my, with my iPhone, and I'll shoot it to her. And then if she approves of it and she'll be happy with me that it matches my gear, I'll wear it. But if not, it would crush me <laughs> to think that in her opinion it's a wrong tie choice. Someone said, does Vicki pick out your stuff for you? I said, no, you pick out her own stuff. I wear my stuff. She wears her stuff. Neither one of us are cross-dressers. <laughs> what are you saying, Pastor? I am going to wear what I like because it's mine. Decorate your barn any way you want to do it and leave me alone. Praise God. Well, you look dumb, not to some. <laughs> All of our life, we have other people 
our whole system, our even, I'm sorry to say it, it, it's sickening, that even the church system is based on, on people's approval. I know there's a place for approval, you know, to get your parents' approval, to get your pastor approved, to get to, to show yourself approved unto God because you do. I understand that, but I'm not. A long time ago, I got over trying to live, talk, dress, preach, pastor, to please everybody else. One of my fathers, Dr. Sumrall, always said this, my happiness is not in another man's head. Mm-hmm. No. Now, now, we're not these cold-hearted preachers, honestly, that, we, I mean, we're human. We like to be accepted. We just can't sell into it. So, in this aspect, you're no different than me or any other human. We've been pre-programmed for acceptance. It's vicious. That's why it ends up that a lot of people vex their soul. They oppress themselves because they despise themselves with every little rejection, every little friend that turns them away. Anytime someone tells you off, anytime you don't please your little group, your little clique, your little circle, oh man, we go into these withdrawal syndromes. Before you know it, we have an inferior Ority complex. We have and are ruled by a soul of insecurity that you're not secure enough to carry yourself like a man or woman of God because you're not sure of yourself anymore because you've allowed your soul to despise you and you better deal with it or you'll be soulfully crippled, in a sense, all the days of your life. absolutely love bringing the Word of God to you like this. I hope you were able to watch the entire broadcast. If not, jump on our website and make sure you know when the next one's on in the next station. We're all over the place on television and you can come visit us if you want. There's information on the website about that as well. I want to remind you to get our series. That's what we're teaching on. How to break wrong soul ties. Once you tie a soul to a soul, it becomes extremely difficult to break that thing. That's why a lot of people, though they're good people, they live wrong, they get in a lot of trouble, they live in depression and darkness, they can't figure out what's going on. And it could be also, besides the soul tie, they are vexing their own soul. The Bible talks about this. We've been talking about it in the television series, but you can get it and go in even deeper. So order it now. Call in. Get it. You know what to do. Get on the website bookstore. Uh, Breaking Soul Ties. you got to have it. I pray you know my Jesus. And if not, accept him right now. Say, Lord, come live in me. Come live in me. Change me. Redeem me. 
changed my path from damnation to eternal salvation. He'll do it. He turns nobody away. Then call upon us. We don't want anything from you. We'll help you. Tell everybody you know about the telecast, about the ministry. Send a seed when you can, and I will see you on the next telecast. Amen. <laughs>